Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, we are talking about more Infinity War feedback. We have that's right, not got three. enough. Part three. All that after this. Hey guys, we're cutting in again from that beautiful, beautiful theme music to, that I wrote to tell <laughs> to tell you that uh, we this is the final week, and it's probably the final ad read that we'll do like this. Um, this is the final week to subscribe on Patreon if you want to get the next uh, swag piece that we're about to send out, and I think it's going to be really cool. Um, it's going to be the uh, it's going to be the beginning of a six piece series. So if you want to sign up on Patreon, it would be awesome if you got a couple bucks to spare. And even if you don't want to subscribe to that level, uh, you can subscribe with as little as a dollar or fifty cents, and it still really helps out. Um, if, if everybody who listens to this podcast gave us 50 cents, we could just do this full time, which would be amazing. Um, <laughs> I don't think that's true. That's probably not true. Um, <laughs> we get, we, we've been spiking in the numbers lately and we appreciate everyone who's listening. And those of you who are supporting, uh, it really means just like ridiculous amount to us. So please. <laughs> no, yeah, that tracks. So please, if you if if you've been thinking about it, if it's just something that's been like, oh yeah, I should this is the time, the time to do it. We want to give back to you guys in a cool way, and so we're trying to get some cool stuff commissioned. Uh, so please go over to Patreon.com/slash/MCUcast and subscribe uh, at any level you like. But if you do it at the two or four dollar level, you'll get this piece of swag um, that we're going to be giving out for the next six months. Um, so yeah, that's that's our ad. Uh, and probably the last time we'll see you in the special ad dimension. It's an ad dimension. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. My name's Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. Jeffrey Randall? What's trying happening? really hard to match your energy on that. It was real hard. It was a weird energy. So I get it, was, it was a little odd. Well, tonight, guys, we're going to dive into Infinity War. Just dive in, because we have okay. tons more feedback. Feedback has not stopped rolling in, even this week. It's three weeks out, and we're still getting feedback, feedback, feedback. And, and we're still catching up. Like We just can't even keep up. So we're going to just go right into some feedback. Um, keep, so keep Spoilers. Spoiler alert for Infinity War. If you haven't seen it yet, I don't know what you're doing watching this show. Or, or oh, by the way, we're we're live. Or even this listening show. to this show. Um, if you haven't heard yet, we're doing the Twitch Twitch stream. So Twitch Twitch TV slash MCUcast, and you can watch us live. You I think you can even that. get like alerted on your phone when we go live and stuff. It should be it's really yeah. cool. And we're trying to yeah. keep up with the Facebook and Twitter. Let everybody know <laughs> when we're going to go live. Um, it's a cool. We're thing. Trying to be real good on the social medias. Yeah, we're we're not real flashy yet, but we're we're getting there. We're we're learning. How do you use this here computer thingy? <laughs> I don't know, man. This is really not my forte. <laughs> All right, so... I don't know if a guy like that would say forte. Let me take that again. I'm just <laughs> yeah. kidding. All right. yeah, no, just workshop it a little more. Let's, let's, wor- let's, let's workshop this character. Uh, who is he? Oh, God. What is, what is <laughs> ma- so maybe where, that's, where did he grow up? Maybe that's my own prejudice that I think a guy that spoke with that accent wouldn't use forte. It could be. It's probably my own prejudice. I bet you he would use forte and not even know what it means. <laughs> See, that's also prejudice. That's my own prejudice coming in. We just we just need to drop this. 
We're let's, getting way off track here. Let's get into this. Infinity War. Spoiler mm. alert. Go, Jeffrey, with the feedback. Sam Stokes said to us on Twitter, at MCUcast, I think in the other 14,604,000 futures, the Avengers stopped Thanos. However, in the process, Thanos is stopped from blinking people from existence, such as Graviton. Graviton then blows the Earth, killing more on Earth than Thanos did. Ooh. I can tell you definitively that that is no longer true. Uh, yeah, nothing that he did. It would. I actually think it would have been an amazing end to the season of Agents of Shield, if, um, the snap, uh, took Gravitron away. Oh, like, uh, like if Quake is like trying, like trying to fight him and does this like last ditch effort and throws out a big blast of of vibration in a direction and he just turns to dust before she does that and the dust gets vibrated away and she's like that wasn't me guys yeah something and then like everybody that. around her just starts turning to ash yeah it, it, w- it would have been such a bleak and fun ending you know yeah a great cap to the entire series <laughs> yeah probably not so Nathan, the series. Well, Nathan have- Odinson said to us holy shit I just realized while listening to your cast Every person that willingly gave up a stone to save somebody else ultimately did not fade away, although they ended up fucking the universe. Loki gives one up for Thor. He makes it. Strange gives one up for Tony. Nebula's still there. Loki doesn't make it. Loki would have made it. I mean, he he didn't... Does he mean Thor? I think he means Thor makes it. Right? Because Loki definitely didn't make it. Not even close. First to die. I think... I think the someone else is who makes it. Because Loki gives one up for Thor, he makes it. Strange gives one up for Tony. Tony makes it. I gotcha. Yeah. Nebula's still there. Even the Vision's body did not disintegrate. Strange coincidence? I think not. (laughs) Doctor Strange coincidence. And then, let's see, there's a comment that says, Well, Scarlet Witch didn't willingly give it up, but she still ended up going while the Vision's body stayed. Mm. Yeah, but the, again, the one that was saved was Vision, and he stuck around. Sort so we, of. We have a voicemail. Do we? We do. Hey guys, just uh, some feedback uh, on Infinity War. Uh, just just thought I would call this in because it's a little bit more lengthy and it's hard to describe in a message on Facebook. Um. So as far as the the whole Thanos, um, you know, like how we're going to defeat Thanos. Uh, I have a couple of theories. You know, obviously, number one, I do want to say that I agree with a lot of people when I think that you know everybody's inside the Soul Stone and somehow we're going to have, you know, I think that Steve Rogers and Iron Man are going to have to sacrifice themselves to bring them out uh, somehow, some way. That's what I think will happen, one way or another. Um, I will also say. Um, as far as defeating them, I do believe it has something to do with the time stone. I don't know exactly how uh, that's going to come into play, but uh, I do believe that it has something to do with that, possibly turning it back or maybe using the the, the BARF system that Tony uh, had, that we saw in Civil War. Um, maybe that will have something to do with that. Maybe going back and getting some clues. Um, and then on top of that, I saw a really cool article really quickly. I saw a really cool article um, on possible ways that we might be able to defeat Thanos, uh, talking about how Thanos is always his own worst enemy. 
And, you know, there was that line uh, when he was talking to Moral. He said, I missed my destiny once. I won't let that happen again, not even for you, little one. And they said that possibly they would go back to that time, that period of time with the time stone and bring Thanos, that Thanos back where he could be reasoned with and possibly have Thanos get in his, get in his own way because that seemed to be a prevailing theme in the comic books. He always got in his own way and all that stuff. Um, so, yeah, that's, uh, that's all I've got for that. Uh, keep up the good work, guys. Love you guys so much. Uh, hope, uh, hope everything goes well. Awesome. Bye. Cool. I have heard that theory somewhere, and it's a very interesting one, the idea that Thanos could... Uh, they could go back to in time to pick up a earlier Thanos, like a more <laughs> idealistic Thanos, and have him come bring and him fight. back and be like, "Look what you did!" Yeah, like look, rub his nose in it. Well, I mean, if you show Thanos, maybe if you show Thanos the pain that he's causing, maybe he'd learn. <sighs> I still feel like just double, double the, double the, you know. Double the resources. Why are you destroying the population? Double the resources. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to go pretty far back to, uh, you know, before Titan was destroyed. What? Yeah. Know that? Oh, no, no, no. That could, that could if, totally track. What if they went back and saved Titan? You know, like, what if they're... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, what exactly, if they like, saved Titan and it was an energy crisis, and Tony Stark is able to save it because of the arc reactor. Yeah, something like that would be great. Um, I think that's a really cool idea. Like, uh, it, it just just the idea of defeating the villain by taking away the thing that made him a villain. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you kind of invalidate a movie at that point, but... But it's such a compassionate way to deal with the villain. I, it I kinda, is. I kind of love it. Yeah, like I, I, I'm trying to find ways to say that like that's not a good idea, but like that might be a good idea. Yeah, it's kind of a cool idea. Uh, let's see. Sergio Cortez said to us, uh, "Can we talk about how Stark himself called the ship a space donut?" I thought of you guys immediately since that's what you guys called it. It was <laughs> dying. Can you guys also talk a little bit more about the Black Order? Did the movie do them justice? Also, Proxima Midnight versus Black Widow and Okoye. Um, I think they did them as much justice as they could in the time they had. Oh, yeah. God, this movie was already the longest that the MCU has, and it still felt like they just crammed so much into it. I'm really, really looking forward to, like, a director's cut where they're just like, all right, here's four hours of everything we wanted. It's such a good movie that I don't, you know, I think they they kept the pacing really really good for this movie, but I would love to see more. I just, I just want to say, I want more of this movie. If they, if they keep, I mean, DC keeps releasing like bigger versions of their movies, but they, I feel like they have to, cause their movies, they keep like taking parts of their movies out that they need. <laughs> it's so silly. Um, but you know, if they do it, I don't think anybody would mind if Marvel did it once, especially for this movie. You know, I, I bet people would mind. Like, oh, you guys talk so much shit about DC, and now you're doing it. Yeah, I no, no, they they'd get some shit for it because it's it's it just it feels like double dipping. It feels like here we're gonna sell a DVD of the movie. 
Also, how about you buy a DVD of the, um, you know, expanded movie? Yeah, yeah. Kind of mm. a bummer. Sounds mm-hmm. like Ashley's had some things to say. Yeah, Ashley had some things to say. They're actually kind of relevant to what's going on in Twitch chat right now. So this is this is good. Ashley yeah. said, "I think Red Skull was their version of Death. Uh, he looked just like her with the floating and the cloak. Uh, since it doesn't seem they will be using Hella." And in chat, they, uh, Susumi said, "I kind of wish they had made Hella Mistress Death." I mean, she said yeah. uh, she was the goddess of death. I thought for sure they'd have Thanos carry or currying favor with her. Yeah, I, I thought maybe it was going to be a vengeance story because you know, like maybe he's he's sad because death is gone. Like he, he loved Hela, and then and then she's gone after the events of Ragnarok, and then he's and that maybe set him on his path or whatever. It would even make sense why his ship shows up at the end of Thor Ragnarok, you know. But uh, it's yeah. just a totally separate character. They, they didn't even touch on death at all. Which, as much as I, you know, they. The MCU changes things when they need to. Yeah. And I do think that they this was a pretty cool change. Just because it made... Being obsessed and loving death is not something I can relate to. But the the it, it would have made him really hard to make him the hero of the story, which is kind of what they did, you know? Um, they, they made... They really made him out to be the hero of the story. And that was cool. And they yeah. couldn't have done. It would have been really hard to do that if you can't identify with his his mission, which you, you can kind of identify with his mission in this movie. Yeah, he's trying to do something that's good for everyone that will hurt in the short term, but be better for everyone in the long term. Like that's a that's 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 a common thing, you know. Yeah, kill the cheerleader, save the world. I get it. <laughs> I think it was save the cheerleader, save the world. Oh, was it? My bad. <laughs> Uh, but uh, but but Ashley had a good good thought uh, that Red Skull was a version of death. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, uh, and that kind of goes against what she says next, uh, like what you were saying at least when they they change things as they need. But I, it's also kind of validated. She said, "Oh, okay, so this movie was catered to the comic readers." Oh yeah, which it kind of was. Oh yeah, well, but it was also d- really heavily catered to the people who, like us, have been so deeply ingrained in this MCU from the beginning. Well, that's the thing they do so well is they they pull in references from the comic books when needed, but they decide what to leave out when needed, and that's and what to change. It's just it's just a really well weaved universe for sure. And Ashley says his whole planet was going to be destroyed and all the elders refused to listen to him. And he was like, fine, whatever. Then his planet was wiped out and his whole goal now is to complete what he wanted to do to save his home planet. But because he didn't, his people were wiped out. Sorry, Thanos. (laughs) She says at the end when he's talking to little Gamora, uh, that's in the world inside the stone. I think all the people disappearing, I think that's the soul stone and all those souls are inside the world. Hmm. I don't know if they're gonna go with the whole inside this the, the the whole inside the stone world. They might. I just don't know. I think it's too big a concept for them to just leave. And they did say like the Russo brothers in an interview did say that when Thanos spoke with Gamora at the end and she asked him like how much did or what did it cost and he said everything, like that was in the soul stone. That was in the soul world. Or it was in his head. Or it's yeah he's he's dead. This is his fever dream. <laughs> well, no, no, no. It could just be his 
him thinking him 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 contemplating what he just did like that i don't i don't think that that necessarily was anything it, at the uh he does show up in that same sort of world when he retrieves the soul stone um right isn't he like in that sort of half wet <laughs> landscape and he like picks up the soul stone at, right after gamora is is uh no is he when he tosses Gamora off mm-hmm. and the whole hilltop lights up, he gets kind of teleported to one of the puddles that's on like the plane or whatever on Vormir, and the soul stone is in his hand, yeah, okay, Because um, doesn't he talk does he talk to little Gamora one other time other than in real life? I don't believe so. Okay, maybe I'm just making that up. I I need to see it again. It's been too it's been two weeks. That's way too long. <laughs> way too long to go without seeing Infinity War. It really kind of is. It's such a expansive, dense movie that it's really hard to like remember what had all happened. Um, so uh, Ashley goes on to say, I think phasing would be the Mind Stone because that is what Vision could do. It's interesting. Yeah, um, that's in, I guess, in response to what we were talking about with yeah. Dave, uh, how Thanos phased um, Hulk. Hulk in, or well, Banner in the Hulkbuster armor through into- him and then into the wall. But you got to remember, he didn't have the Mind Stone at that point. It's true. It was like on the way to Vision. Yeah. He was going through the gauntlet. Of Avengers, if you will. <laughs> With his gauntlet, through the gauntlet. Yeah. Plus, I mean, every time he did something, the the energy that was used kind of glowed around the person. So, like, or unless he, you know, turned him into bubbles or something. Um, so, when he did that, the Hulkbuster armor kind of had a blue sheen to it. Yeah. As it passed through him. Yeah, yeah, totally. Cool. So I think it was him messing with the space that it takes up. Anyway. Right. Makes sense. Uh, Eric Kappas. 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 Said to us, in your Infinity War feedback episode, you mentioned that Infinity War was doing so well money-wise because it was released everywhere at the same time. While it has released in Hong Kong and has not been released in mainland China yet, it won't release for about another week from today. The international box office will have another big boom when it does. Keep up the awesome work, true. Eric and China. That's I was true. I was absolutely being ethnocentric when I said that. Uh, <laughs> thank you, <laughs> thank you, Eric from China, for letting us know. Uh, I actually didn't realize that it wasn't out in China at that point. Uh, one thing we always get in America, we always get it a week later than everywhere else. Yeah, and so I just—that's uh, what I was—that's what I was referring to. Uh, was yeah, the fact they that they bumped it up to domestic and foreign being released at the same time, and yeah. we were just happy to have it. Yeah, and I didn't realize China didn't get it until a couple weeks later when I heard that. Oh yeah, China's getting it released now, and I was like, oh cool, another big and bump. They get, Are they? At, yeah, they're they're almost a two billion. I saw it was one point eight million, one point eight billion the other day. Yeah, they're one point eight two billion right now. So close to one two. point one point two billion of that is foreign. <clears throat> wow. That's just really insane. Yeah, I uh, I don't I don't know how uh, how much money I would put on them getting to two billion, just because 
Deadpool 2 was so good. Solo's coming out this week. Yeah, it, it's a tough field right now. To continue to make money, it's a tough field. Um, but it's a good enough movie. I can see... I mean, I could, just I'm looking at myself, and I could see myself three weeks from now still wanting to go see it one more time, you know? <laughs> while yeah. I still catch it while it's in theaters or whatever. But definitely Deadpool, Deadpool beat it for number one this week. And uh, um, I think Solo will probably do the same. So... Yeah, I think Solo's going to just come up and destroy where Deadpool is. The Solo trailers are looking better and better. Uh, so I'm I'm excited about Solo, actually. Yeah, yeah. When uh, when they came up with the Solo trailer showing that it's a heist job, mm-hmm. and then like, you know, actually going through the heist thing, I was like, okay, yeah, I can get behind this. Yeah, for sure. Show. Um, the the box office is crazy right now. It's one point eight two billion, but the movie like we keep saying like I'm not sure if it's going to make it to two. It's not been out for four weeks yet. Right. <laughs> like this Friday will mark four weeks that it's been out, and it's already gotten one point eight two billion dollars. That's yeah. nuts. A lot of money. A lot of money. And as good as that movie was, I'd, I'd expect it to have legs. It's like the fourth or fifth uh, highest grossing movie of all time at this point. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's really great. Uh, also, Susumi says, I do think Black Panther boosted those numbers. I have a lot of co-workers that never set foot in a Marvel film, but they saw Black Panther repeatedly and went to Infinity Wars just for Black Panther. Mm. I can see that. I can see that. Uh, it's yeah. kind of the same way that... Uh, you know, it's like the MCU got a little infusion whenever they brought Spider-Man in. For sure. You know, there were people that just liked Spider-Man, and then this Spider-Man was the best one. Black Panther was just such a cultural moment that a lot of people that don't even normally see superhero movies went to see it. And uh, and, and, I, and I do think that that's one of the reasons Infinity War uh, did so well. I'm a little nervous for them with uh, Infinity, or um, Avengers 4, that... If he's gone, they might lose a little bit of that audience. And if they show him in the trailer, then it's going to spoil. <laughs> but if he's gone, <laughs> yeah. then it's then it's uh, probably bad for business, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't believe we still don't know the title of that movie. Yeah, it's less than a year out, and we still don't know what it's called. Crazy. Um. I wonder if there's going to be a bit of a a bit of a boost with the the female demographic uh from captain marvel Ant man and the wasp and captain marvel right totally i think so i think uh especially if they had done it before wonder woman it'd be better yeah because that's one of the reasons that uh black panther was such a big deal is because it's been a long time since we've had it's, it's since the new age of comic book movies we really haven't had a a black superhero uh that that did did his thing but uh um we just had Wonder Woman, and everybody took that as such a big cultural moment. Even though they've had Captain Marvel and Ant Man and the Wasp in the works for a long time before that, it's going to feel like uh, it's to the average moviegoer. It's going to feel like oh, they saw Wonder Woman was successful, and they're just trying to glom onto that success. <laughs> <laughs> this is what it's going to look like. But even though it's not the case, I want like no no ill will toward Wonder Woman. But I really want Captain Marvel to just completely obliterate Wonder Woman in the box office. Oh, I think it will. I, I want that to happen just so we can be like, look, guys, like you, th- you thought you were playing the same game. Well, I think it will just because Marvel 
pretty much universally beats DC in the box office. Even though even though Wonder Woman was their best so far, Marvel has just kicked their butt. And it's just because they have such a loyal following that goes to see every movie. <laughs> yeah, they earned it. They have. They've earned it. Yep. Uh, let's see. Back to back to not shitting on DC every chance I get. Uh, Steve Abramowicz says, Guys, you missed it. Spock logic is awesome, but Peter Quill was only... I'm sorry, was only one that used it. He pulled the trigger on Gamora with the bubble gun. Ironic, since he's the hero most trolled in the Twitterverse for losing his cool on Thanos. Also, why not just cut off the arm instead of pull on the glove? Is it because it's Avengers 3, not 2, like Empire? Hmm. Best Steve. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not the... Uh, they, they don't have to do that homage to Empire Strikes Back anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know... Arms being cut off. Arms being cut off. Is so last. So phase two. So last phase. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I agree that he pulled the trigger after waiting forever. Um, but they, they did the same thing with Vision. They also killed Vision after waiting forever. Um, so it's kind of like. Just got to hurry up and make up their minds. Yeah. He should have he done it quicker and maybe Thanos wouldn't have known what was up. It probably would have been a death sentence for both of them, but uh, they would have stopped Thanos. Oh, wait, four sentences in email says, Things I wish I'd seen in the movie. It was 99% amazing, but here's the 1%. Uh, let's see. This is, this is not as big a list as I was expecting. Uh, so, Wakanda introduces suits made of nanites and then opens up its borders and technology. Two years later, Tony Stark sports a suit that relies heavily on nanites, something not even close to the technology he had the last time we saw him. I would have liked just one line of dialogue that acknowledged his suit was at least inspired by Wakandan design. I wasn't exactly hopeful for this, though. Tony Stark and T'Challa haven't even spoken to each other on screen yet, and it doesn't look like they're going to. Especially since, you know... Yep. <laughs> a scene after the snap showing Shuri holding the hand of a disappearing Dora, just so we know she survives. That actually got commented on by the uh, the the directors, uh, saying that they cannot comment on whether or not Shuri survived the snap and what she's doing because it is potentially spoilery for Avengers huh. Four. Okay. Cool. Uh, a similar scene for Wong at Kamartage. I think he and Shuri and Peter Dinklage are the only characters whose fate they don't reveal. Uh, a mid credit scene where Valkyrie, Korg, and Meek have escaped Thanos' attack and kidnapped the Grandmaster to get information on Thanos. I know there's no canon connection between the two, but he's old and resourceful and might know something, and I want more of all of those characters. Just yeah. as they're about to get him to talk, Korg and the Grandmaster disappear into Ash. Mm. I like that. <laughs> Uh, let's see. An alternate mid-credit of the Defenders all sitting on a beach in Tahiti on Danny's dime to explain why they aren't seen in New York during another incident, quote-unquote. Uh, bonus points if Bobby and Hunter walk past and remark about Danny's weird tattoo or the fact that Jessica's still wearing a jacket and scarf. I don't think that's going to happen, man. <laughs> 084 concludes with, otherwise this movie was incredible, and I can't wait to see what else is in store for us. I'm wondering how Ant-Man and the Wasp ties in, and if maybe the Dusted characters are actually in the Quantum Realm. Oh. Yeah, it is it is very possible that the Hank Pym science of Ant-Man is going to cross over into what they're doing with Infinity War. Like the Maybe the Quantum Realm is, you know, 
accessed by the soul stone or something. I don't know. I could see uh, Scott Lang shrinking between the molecules to get into one of the stones hmm. and doing anything there. Yeah. Because, I mean, think about, like, Quantum Realm, but also inside an Infinity Zone would be nuts. Like, the amount of power there would be crazy. Yeah, for sure. That would be interesting. Like, just just, just him getting shrunk down and going into the, between the molecules of a Soul Stone, or a, 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 an Infinity Zone, seems like a really bad idea. Knowing that they destroy people <laughs> that hold them. <laughs> Being inside of one seems like a bad idea. Maybe. Maybe. Or maybe he's able to hold it or go inside it because he's in between the power. Right. No. Whatever that, no, that, whatever that means. He's able to shrink. You know, the, the science in Ant-Man is never really like... It's not good. Resolute. It's really not good. Oh, man. All right, so my, uh, let's see. Thomas McNeil said, it might be too soon for rampant speculation, but here it goes. <laughs> Never too soon. I love it. Never too soon. Never too soon. (laughs) I'm already speculating about what they're doing in phase five. So like, you know, whatever, man. Yeah, totally. Uh, Let's see. Number one. I don't think Tony asking Pepper if she was pregnant was a throwaway line after their jog. Maybe she is pregnant. What if Tony does not survive Avengers 4? Could Marvel be laying down a foundation of a way to bring back Iron Man in 10 to 15 years from now? We'll have so, I'm sorry, we will have movies with Black Panther, Spider-Man, New Cap, Doctor Strange, and eventually the Fantastic Four and the X-Men. That could easily take up the next 10, 10 years of movies. How cool would it be to have a Young Iron Man trilogy that set up a showdown with the Mandarin? What if a mid-30-year-old Spider-Man was his mentor? Oh, I love that. That's, that's good. I like that full circle. Tom, it's, you didn't have me until... Spider-Man being his mentor. Like, a 30-year-old Tom Holland mentoring a young Iron Man would be, like, the coolest thing. (laughs) Yep. I would die. It'd be so good. Uh, Number two. I still can't get over the amazing job Marvel has done with Thanos. As time goes on, I think Thanos will become iconic. Do you think we can get a Thanos prequel coming-of-age trilogy in the next five to ten years? I doubt it. I, d- I doubt it, but I do think we might get... I think we're going to see some young Thanos in the next one. I think we might get some Thanos, like, in... We talked about it. Which movie were we talking about? Like, in a in a, in a Nova Prime movie, we could get some Thanos, like, attacking Xandar. Or yep. we're going to have this kree scroll war, probably, we, we're, we're thinking, in uh, Captain in Marvel. Like, uh, what what if... Part of the reason she got called in, you know, we talked about why wasn't she called in for the other thing? What if she, part of the reason she got called in is because she's an expert on Thanos. Like, what if this whole thing that happens in the 90s is, like, her out in the galaxy fighting? What if she's fighting alongside Thanos, for that matter? Like, what if he hadn't <gasps> fully turned to his mission yet, and he's, like, maybe they're allied for whatever reason? Like, maybe she really gets to know Thanos. Who knows? Oh, God. I think we're going to get some, I think we're going to probably get some more Thanos. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, number three, based on the success of Thanos, do you think we could get an anti-villain hero movie? Okay, an anti-villain hero movie. I'm just trying to decide what an anti-villain hero movie is. Like, just, uh, I mean, that's kind of what this was. I mean, that's what Infinity War was. He was the protagonist of the story, 
and he's kind of an anti-villain. Not as much not not as much as some anti-villains are, but he's a villain that is, you know, not not so much fun to watch, but he's a villain you can understand. Yeah, at least one that you can moderately identify with the uh the their motivations and kind of you know, get behind them even for a little bit. It's still though, double the resources. Yeah, just double the resources. That's the like solution to this whole thing and I'm just it, like it's almost bad that this whole plot exists and no one's ever said that to Thanos. <laughs> you know? He keeps talking about how the the resources are finite. But like <laughs> I mean, is that just maybe that's just not a power of the glove, but I thought the whole point with the glove is you're just omniscient at that point. I mean, you yeah, that's what it's supposed to be. Maybe maybe he could have. He could have doubled the resources, but he was so hell-bent on destroying half the population. Because that was, was what like, he thought his... Like, it, it could be a flaw in his logic. Like, it very well could be that he thought that was the solution, they didn't listen, their world was destroyed, and now he just he just refuses to listen to any other possibilities. Yeah, yeah. Could easily be that. Um I think there's also the <clears throat> there's also the the thought that if you just give this you know explosive growth population more resources, they're going to consume it faster. Uh, if you take out half the population all at once, you at least scare the other half hmm. into kind know. of not doing what they had been doing. I don't know if that's true. I don't know, man. Fear is a pretty good motivator. I just don't know that they, it scares them of Thanos. Like, them them getting blinked out of existence had nothing to do with their consumption of resources in reality. It had to do with a guy with a, a magical gauntlet. If if yeah. a, if if their world had had, like, an environmental crisis that killed half the population, then they're like, oh, we better be care- more careful about what we do. But in this case, they're <laughs> just like, a villain just destroyed us. That scares me of Thanos. That doesn't scare me for consuming resources see that's why you needed ebony ma to come in with like a little tagline right at the end like with a little banner it's like your half your population was destroyed by thanos because you consume resources too quickly do better so that this doesn't happen again you may look upon it as devastation but no it is salvation yeah that 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 honestly is kind of necessary for if that's what he's thinking yeah too bad the ma's dead I think he just thinks that this that the universe requires a culling from now and then. Like, I think that could have been a good line that he like. Maybe he just mentions that. It 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 like this is a pruning that has to happen every, you know, every few yeah, millennia. Then he becomes the League of Shadows, and then you're just like, come on, man, that's you're true. not Raish. Well, but that's that's about. They're about the depravity of humanity and like it being destroyed because it's depraved, not because. He's trying to save it. It's a little different. It, yeah. it, 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 because Thanos is all about compassion in a way. <laughs> uh, whereas the League of Shadows is all about control, I guess. Control through fear. Yeah. A little different. <laughs> Although, I, you know, I will say, yes, Thanos' thing of, you know, impartial decision on who goes yeah. is... You know, it's more compassionate. Yeah, than... well, that's one of the things that makes him most 
relatable in the movie is the fact that he has that uh, that one ethic. He's like, no, we're we're <laughs> if we're gonna do this, we're gonna we're gonna do it the rich and poor alike. Everyone's just got a fifty percent chance to survival. Yeah, it's gonna be random. Roll the dice. Yeah. Um, it makes yeah. it makes him you know at least at least he's not just like uh, yeah, the rich should survive or whatever. Like it gives yeah. it gives him that little bit of um, relatability, I guess. Yeah, it it makes it less a uh, story like 2012 where it's like uh, only the rich people who can afford to get on these boats will survive. Yeah, totally, absolutely. <laughs> uh, see, Michael Kapka said to us on Facebook, "Agents of Shield spoiler." Uh, also kind of an Infinity War spoiler. Yeah, that's why I put uh, it They here. kept showing the news videos of construction workers cleaning up the rubble in New York City, but the in, in the Infinity War movie, I don't recall any large buildings being destroyed. I thought they just threw a few cars around. Am I forgetting something from the movie? Yes, you are. Uh, Black Dwarf was his name. Um, well, I think they called him Colobsinian. Anyway, the big dude that was the... One of the children of Thanos that came to New York. He threw Stark through a few buildings in their <laughs> fight. Several. <laughs> and into the park. And then, you know, the Maw and Doctor Strange were having their fight. And they tore up a few things. So, there's a, there's a few things to fix. There's a little work to I be think. done. Hmm? A little work to be done. How are we doing over on the Twitch? Anything Anything going on on the Twitch right now? Uh, well, there's talk of how Iron Man 3 is the worst movie of all time. Uh, so, <laughs> Oh, so the Twitch is wrong. Okay, we can just uh, move on. <laughs> uh, there's a good question, though. In uh, Dust Devil 24S says, Man, I just can't help but to wonder what Incredible Hulk would have looked like if they would have started out with Ruffalo. Apparently, he was a favorite for the role from the beginning. Oh, really? That's something yeah. I never knew. And I mean, I'm just trusting a dude on Twitch. But still, uh, that's interesting if that's true. Um, I like Ruffalo a lot and Ruffalo just seems, he seems like he has a lot of fun with Hulk, but he also seems to like, he, I don't know. Like he, he feels like these are a little bit silly movies. When I see him in interviews, he's kind of like, talks a lot about how he does these like serious roles and this is like the for fun stuff, you know? (laughs) Well, I mean, it is. Yeah, Totally. He does some and he does very a really serious good movies. job of having fun. Yeah, he does some very serious movies. It's not, I'm not taking that away from him. He does some pretty intense uh, films. Yeah, he was in Shutter Island, and I like still can't watch that movie. Yeah, I'm it's thinking more like... scary. The, oh, gosh. I just watched the one where he is investigating child abuse in the Catholic Church. Oh, God. Yeah, it's like a really intense... Uh, yeah, it's a really intense movie. <laughs> it's like he's a, he's a reporter and he's trying to get the story told, but all of the um, all of the city officials, all the city officials are so wrapped up in the Catholic Church. It's in Boston, so they just like keep paper overing it and not letting it, not letting the story come out. And he's a journalist. He's, it's called Spotlight. Spotlight. That's the name of the movie. That's the name of the column, and it's the name of the movie. It's good. Good flick. Really good flick. Okay. But depressing. Of course. <laughs> really good. Depressing. Really good. <laughs> it's kind of how I feel about Infinity War here lately. It's like, oh man, it's so good, but it, it'll make you cry. Oh yeah. You won't cry. You will cry. Like, if you care about these it, characters, you will cry. Yep. Uh, Juan Pibernus. Pibernus? Pibernu. 
know, uh, said to us, I need to see this in the Captain Marvel movie. Movie ends, credit roll, end credit scene. It's present day. Somewhere Carol Danvers hears an electronic chime, reaches into pocket to reveal matching beeper to Nick Fury's. Messages, to, or messages is displayed. We see Carol's face and see her dissipate in a cloud of dust. <laughs> Ripes, riots erupt all, in all movie theaters. It would be so good. <laughs> it would like I wouldn't uh, even be it wouldn't even be that wrong like because the whole thing is they they got rid of all the new characters so they could have one last romp with the old characters so it'd be totally fitting if Captain Marvel has an amazing movie we all love her and then she just disappears yeah <laughs> <laughs> bye bye everyone's expecting her to come in and be a big part of Infinity War but if she just like isn't there be kind of great um. I, think, I don't agree. I really want to be fun for me. I really want to know what shows up on her pager when Nick Fury beeps her. Like, is it just, yeah? Like, what's on the other side? Is it the Agents of Shield logo? I think it's just an eye patch. Oh, that's even better. <laughs> it's just, it's just an eye patch with the Shield logo. Yeah, right on it. He should get that. He should get an eye patch with the Shield logo on it. On the inside. <laughs> what? Gotta keep both eyes open. So Ashley, caught... <laughs> sorry, What's I'm up? so caught up in how dumb that was. Okay. Ashley Coffin said to us, uh, "So after watching the film again, you definitely get a more or get more of a this is a lot of people's fault vibe." Tony disagreeing about going back to Earth and convincing Doctor Strange to take the battle to Titan mistake, but the one that stood out to me most, Thor. Everyone was mad at an emotional Star-Lord, but look what Thor did. Instead of burying that axe in Thanos' head, he made sure to hit his chest so he could get his revenge sentence in uh, he's been holding on to since the first five minutes of the movie. Thor was fueled by emotion in this moment rather than strategy. He wants to tell Thanos he's got his revenge. Instead of putting it into his head, he chose to throw it in his chest. He should know better. He's been fighting monsters for 1,500 years. Surely he knew the most effective killing blow for someone as dangerous as Thanos. Absolutely. Uh, according to Joe Russo, Thor was fueled by emotion in this moment rather than strategy. And I quote, Joe Russo and why one of the most experienced warriors in the universe made such a rookie mistake. Had Thor gone for a kill shot, that snap would not have happened. Those, uh, these choices are, or these are choices that characters who are feeling immense pain make, and hopefully the audience can learn to empathize with those characters because they can grow through stories. Uh, Joe Russo went on, Stories can teach us things, uh, and that we should try to see every choice from the perspective of the character that made the choice. Thoughts? I think it's super interesting that... the I love the fact that we hear from the Russos about Thor because it lets me know that they know that their heroes were wrong. <laughs> Like in a lot of the things that they did, yeah. And I was a little worried to hear they were going to be like, they were not going to know. They're 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 not going to realize that the heroes that they had made mistakes, and that like maybe you know maybe I was wrong about the way they were going to treat this next movie, you know. But yeah. I like the fact that the heroes are going to have to learn a lesson about sacrifice and about not letting your emotions overdrive you. Like that that there's multiple things in this movie where uh, Thor and Thor and Star-Lord both make really stupid decisions that end up get, getting Thanos the gauntlet. Um, and, I'm, and I'm totally with Ashley. I don't know that I would have... I've never seen Thor 
chop anyone in the head. So I don't know that that's a thing. That's not one of Thor's go-to moves. Probably because he's a Disney character. First movie. The giant thing on Jotunheim that was not a person. uh, That had not killed any of his friends. But the big monster that was going to eat his friends, he punched right through its mouth and out the back of its head. That's awesome. Um, yep. Yeah, I just uh, we've never really seen him wield an axe anyway, but never seen him uh, cut anyone's head off or anything. So I, I don't know. I, I wasn't too shocked that he went for the chest, but yeah, I think that he probably, obviously, he should have. Thanos even says it. <laughs> so <laughs> yep, right before the fateful snapture. Yeah. So my main thoughts on this whole. Russo quote is just I'm glad that they see I'm glad that they see what we all see yeah I'm glad they see the flaw in their own people yeah alright let's see Frank Hogan says hey guys hello hey Frank I've been listening for a while and I've heard a lot of your discussions about Infinity War and I have to say that I understand where you're coming from with Star-Lord. I don't believe his powers are gone. Ego could have lied or he just wouldn't have known because there never has been another celestial hybrid. My theory is he can either develop his own light or jumpstart his own genetic potential with a power source like an Infinity Gem. Thoughts? Hmm. Oh, and the Star-Lord as the next bad guy is a cool storyline I could get behind. Sent from my iPhone. <laughs> You don't have to read this in from my iPhones. It's it's text on the screen, Matt. I have to read it. Uh, well, uh, yeah. I, I, I really like... I mean, obviously, that was my whole thing. So, I, uh, I like the idea of Star-Lord as the next bad guy. I think it's incredibly <laughs> unlikely. But, I mean... There's an entire other cast about that. Yeah, it's just never been done before, you know? It's just never really been done where you like... Can you think of a thing where they took a guy who is a plucky protagonist in the first couple movies and then turn him into a villain in the third or fourth. No, I can't either. And it's not as far as cinema goes. Yeah. And it, yeah, it happens more in the, in, in, in TV shows. And I just can't think of anything like that. And I mean, even, even in, even in TV shows, I can't really think of a, I've seen like kind of fun characters who weren't that good turn evil, but I've never seen like a really good guy turn evil, <laughs> you know? And it would just be yeah. kind of rewarding to, I don't know, be, it'd be great. It we, could be fun. We saw, we saw Iron Man uh, turn sort of antagonist, but not evil, you know. We saw Talbot. Talbot's probably the closest thing. <laughs> that I, I mean, he of. wasn't like a super good guy. Uh, he, was, he was. He was. He was in the way of S.H.I.E.L.D., but he was generally a good guy. He was an antagonist and comedic relief. Oh, I think he was more than that. I think Agree to disagree. That. Yeah. What's, what's Will Austin <laughs> got to say? Uh, Will Austin says, Infinity War feedback, colon. Just a small little snippet. I found another scene that I think is way sadder than Spidey's death. I read a tweet thread from James Gunn where someone asked him what Groot's last words are. According to him, that last I am Groot translates to dad when he's talking to Rocket. Don't know if that lines up with the Russos, but it's still gut-wrenching nonetheless. Yeah. So he thinks of Rocket as his dad, and uh, that does make it so much more sad for when he, well, for that disappearance. Yep. Yep. Oh, and uh, going back to 
Uh, the Talbot thing, Susumi says, he may be an asshole, but he's not 100% a dick. <laughs> one uh, of our favorite well, lines from Guardians. I don't think anyone's 100% a dick. <laughs> I don't know that I think that anybody's 100% a dick. That is such a good line. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Oh, man. So Glenn Kessler says to us, hey, guys, just found the podcast recently, and I'm loving it. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> Had to chime in with some listener feedback of my own since the stuff so far has been insightful and intriguing. I agree. We, you guys have we do have good tail. listeners. Kick and tail with all this feedback. Like, this is our third feedback episode for Infinity War. So, our fourth feedback, Infinity, our fourth Infinity War episode. Uh, and, and all three of these feedback episodes have been full of stuff that, like, I didn't think about it that way. Oh, that's a good thought. Good. Yeah, so many good points. And that's partially due to you guys being smart and partially due to how dense and interesting this movie was. <laughs> and this yeah, universe it's certainly is not general. due to us being good hosts. Oh, no. No, definitely not. <laughs> that's the one thing I'm sure it's not due to. <laughs> <laughs> so we got all of our thoughts out right at the beginning, and that was it. We yeah. got nothing else. Nothing to say. <laughs> Uh, Glenn continues saying, okay, so one of the reasons we love the MCU movies so much is that they tell relevant stories to our age. Whether it was arms dealing in the Middle East and Iron Man 1, NSA, or uh, <clears throat> S.H.I.E.L.D., spying on the American public in Winter Soldier, or racial tensions in Black Panther, their best movies seem to have their finger on the pulse. Infinity War is a film about how to deal with balancing resources with an ever-growing population. Clearly, Thanos has his ideas. Now, he says in the film that the universe's resources are finite. So let's assume that that's true and that you can't just double them. So the next movie has to be about, one, bringing back half the universe, and two, finding a way to be more efficient with the resources we have. I don't think Captain Marvel will or should just swoop in and save the day. That seems too cheap to come from a company that spent a decade developing storylines and characters. I'm in agreement with many that the original, quote-unquote, Avengers will sacrifice themselves to operate the gauntlet so that everyone else may return. Before that happens, I'm thinking some combination of Tony, Bruce, and Shuri create a clean and sustainable energy source or other wonder tech to remedy the resource problem. Just like Iron Man, Winter Soldier, and Black Panther were called to wake up and change the status quo, I think stoking millions of moviegoers' desire for a world without energy scarcity is poised to be the MCU's most profound legacy. Mm. Also, how do I place odds on Avengers Endgame being the name of Avengers 4? Aside from Doctor Strange actually saying we're in the Endgame now, it's just a vague enough it's just vague enough to tantalize without giving anything away. And it would draw to a close the heroes and plots of the first three phases of the MCU, assuming Iron Man, Cap, and the other original heroes do die, bringing back the rest. Keep up the great work. Looking forward to listening each week. Glad to have found you all. Glenn Kessler. I think Avengers Endgame is an awesome title. Here's why I don't think they'll use it. Because I think it draws attention to the um, 14 million to 1 odds. And I think that a lot of people didn't. A lot of people who are less savvy about this kind of content weren't paying attention to the fact that Doctor Strange deliberately did that with the stone because he was trying to put him on the the one path. Like I don't think that a lot of people realize that. I think that's something that a little more nerdy, a little more savvy people pay attention to because there's just so much going on. I think the, the your, your average audience goer, when that snap happened, they were like, oh, the Avengers lost. 
But yeah. but but those of us who paid attention to Doctor Strange went home like there's hope. You know, there's that little yeah. bit of sliver of hope in the movie. And the movie ended on such a hopeless note, but if you really hold that in your mind, you're like that this is what just what needs to happen to get to the proper resolution or whatever. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, he said, you know, there was one out of that 14,605 that we won. Yeah. And he said, you know, we're in the end game now. And then when everybody was disappearing, he said, sorry, Tony, this was the only way. Yeah. So like this is, it's all part of the plan. Yeah. I, th- I think, I think so too. And I think that, uh, I think that a lot of moviegoers don't see that though, and I think that if you name it Endgame, instead of going back being like, "What are they gonna do? The Avengers lost, and they've got to put all the pieces back together," you're gonna go in thinking this is all about Doctor Strange and his 14 million probability because there's a lot going on, and that's just one little sliver of it. I don't think they want to hone in on. I don't think they want to hone in on that for all the all the viewers. Yeah, that's just my two cents, but may, I, I may be wrong. But it's a great. I think it's a great great idea for a title. Yep, yep. And as far as Glenn's uh, idea that, you know, we have to get the energy crisis under control. Oh, yeah. I, lo- uh, I, love- I think that that would be a really good legacy to leave behind if that's what sticks in the minds of everybody. Yeah, I love the idea that maybe they've had a plan to kind of leave a legacy, but not in a preachy, preachy way. Because y- y- you can do that in a really preachy way, but you could also do it in a way that... You watch the original Star Trek, they have communicators, and then three decades later, we created the cell phone, you know? And, like, what if you come up with some sci-fi idea, or or, or, or even just anything to help with resource allocation or whatever in this next movie? Some Something that seems like science fiction, and then in three decades, uh, we, see, we see people build it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um you could be the super preachy kind of person that's like, oh, I just got an electric car and completely reduced my my carbon footprint by so much. And my electric car is so much better than your internal combustion engine vehicle. What kind of car do you but have? I think I have a Nissan Leaf. Yeah, that, that electric car, yeah. You could be that yep. kind of person. I could be that kind of person. I mean, anybody could be that kind of person. But I think that they have a, a potentially good platform to do a much better job. Yeah, especially if the uh, if the Volkswagen ID or I think it's the ID or whatever they however they want to call it, uh, if that comes out about the same time and they use that kind of in the marketing, I think mm-hmm. that could be good. Interesting. I don't know what the Volkswagen ID is, but uh, it might be ID. I'm not sure, but it's basically the bus, but all electric and. Like, has the capacity for self-driving. The bus. What do you mean by the bus? Like The Volkswagen bus. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Sorry, didn't know what you're talking about. I thought I'm in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. mode, so I was like, they're building a plane? <laughs> they, they make a plane for uh, consumer? Really, really. I mean, that they've, they've talked about it. Super energy efficient. They've talked about it for years. Um, is, you know, self... Uh, or <laughs> on, a, on Pursuit of the Trivial one year... We did a uh, Pursue the Trivial was a podcast I was on for a long time, uh, where every week we brought in a story from all of the six categories of pursu- Trivial Pursuit, and we talked about that story. And sometimes it was something from the news, sometimes it was something from hist- obviously history. Um, it was just always something that related to the six categories of Trivial Pursuit. Uh, 
Um, and we did a, so we did six stories every week, but one week it was, um, it was April fools. And so without telling everyone, we did six completely made up stories <laughs> on April fool's day. <laughs> so it was just six lies. Yeah. It was just no six. Truth. It was just a total lie cast. Um, and we'd been so good up to that point. I just really enjoyed it. Enjoyed like making up whole cloth, an entire hour of content that we just like made up this hour of, uh, I would not be good at that. I couldn't hold the straight face long enough. Oh no. We like, we treated it totally like straight. And, uh, one of the, one one of them was that because we've now cracked the self-driving car thing that a company had come out with the idea that they were to, uh, do self-driving flying cars because that was always the problem. The flying car has been around since the sixties, the concept, and it's been a workable prototype since the sixties, but it was the problem was you can't trust drivers to do it. But now with driverless technology, you can have flying cars and it was, and it just like, and so we'd been talking about driverless cars a ton. And then I started talking about flying cars and how they were coming and it was fun. (laughs) That's that's a really easy sell because it's 100% believable. Yeah, totally. All of our stuff we did was like completely believable. Um <laughs> we just talked, but we just like gave fake names and fake companies and like just like <laughs> made it all sound legit. It was fun. Oh man. That's good stuff. Uh let's see. Back to Infinity, Infinity War. War. Feedback. Oh, eight four said to us on Twitter, I'm one of the very few people who continuously enjoys and defends Thor the Dark World, but it does tick me off five years later to see the reality stone be used as the actual reality stone. So he's saying that it ticks him off because they didn't use it as the reality stone in Thor? That's what it seems like. Yeah, it's really strange. The, the reality stone, the whole, the whole ether thing is just weird. It's like, why did they make it this liquidy gaseous thing and why did they uh yeah it just i don't know it just seems like it didn't serve that much of a function the the whole movie at least for as much as they called it an infinity stone they just dropped the infinity stone off like that their whole purpose for that movie including an infinity stone was just dropping it off with the collector (laughs) so that it could later be picked up by thanos (laughs) And, you know, there was that whole sequence in Guardians of the Galaxy where, like, six people thought that they could hold on to the stones together, yeah. but then they were all destroyed. But, like, Jane Foster had that shit inside her body. Yeah. For a hot minute. Yeah, that's weird. Like, that doesn't make much sense. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, 084 continues, or not continues, but says in another tweet, Gamora casually mouthing the words to rubber band man like the coolest girl in school is one of my favorite scenes, (laughs) or favorite seconds in the MCU. Damn it, Thanos, she was happy. (laughs) It's so true. Yep. (sighs) So true. Even for you, little one. Oh, God. It's, don't. it's just so tragic. It's just don't so it. tragic. Don't hey, man, say it. I think we're going to make it. There's like three more pieces of feedback. Oh, that's it? Bob, one yeah. of them's a big list. It is. No, we got it. We got, we got it. this. <clears throat> we're going to make it through, guys. Woo. Um, all right. All right. And then we'll just go take all your live cast questions. <laughs> we'll do a four-hour Q&A. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. 
Trent Morris said to us, thanks for the shout outs, guys. I'm super grateful to have found your podcast. I'm a truck driver, so I have a lot of ass time. Your podcast, <laughs> along with many other MCU-related casts, fill my nights. <laughs> you should really call it something other than ass time. That that has a lot of other possible meanings. <laughs> no, no, it has no other meanings. <laughs> Not when you're a truck driver. Yeah, you used to be a truck driver, right? I did. I did do the truck driving thing, cross country. Uh, I figured out that it was not for me. Uh, yeah. About eight months into it, pretty much the amount of time that it took my contract to run out, I was just like, yeah, it's not for me. Mm. Yeah. I, I'd be too scared to drive those big things, which is such a wimpy reason. But <laughs> I've, I've, I've thought about I thought about how it'd be kind of cool to do for a few months. I or like for a couple of years or something just to see the country and I don't know. I did get to see a lot of places. Uh, That's cool. You know, I got to see a lot of the country. I took a lot of pictures. It was, it was really pretty. Uh, the only shit thing is that you don't get to visit anywhere. Like actually visit. Right. You're, you're just moving in. through. Yeah. You're in, you're in for business and then you're out. Like you, you get in, you drop off, you pick up, you're gone. Like you might be able to spend a night or two somewhere. But then you like you can't take the truck anywhere. You can't drive anywhere. You have to walk everywhere. I kind so, of like, kind of feel that way with playing music. I'm always in a different yeah. city playing music, but I just breeze in, play music, and leave. It is it is definitely like the three or four hours I'm there are valuable, and like I get to get to know people from there and find out what they're like and find out what the city's like a little bit. Um, but but I still don't get to like do much in those cities most of the time. <laughs> it's very rare. Yeah. At least you get to talk to people that are from there For and sure. are interested in similar things. Like, as a truck driver, like you, you interface with other truck drivers. That's it. Mm. Nobody's from where you're at. You can't be like, "Hey guys, where's the best hole in the wall taco shop in the city?" Because mm. you you either have like what food is at the truck stop or what you can walk to. Mm. Yeah, I bet it's really hard just just because you can't park anywhere. Like it's hard to go anywhere. I bet it'd be better now. I bet it'd be better now with Uber. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Because you just or wherever you <laughs> or could. Uber eats. Like, come to this truck stop. I'm the fifth row, fourth fourth truck down. Yeah, look for the one with all the lights on. Oh wait, that's all of us. I bet that totally. I bet that totally happens now. <laughs> totally. Uh, Sasumi said you should do a Twitch stream of American Truck Simulator. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no. I don't really like simulation games very much. Hmm. Anyway, uh, so we were talking about Trent Morris's feedback. We got two sentences in and just completely yeah, lost it. Well, he mentioned truck driving, and we went on a little, uh, a little skip to Malou in another direction. A little tangent here. about ass time. <laughs> sorry, yeah. I'm sorry, Trent. I can't stop laughing at ass time. It's gonna. <laughs> Yeah, uh, my bad. Okay, this is your podcast along with many other MCU-related casts fill my nights. <laughs> I also watch a bunch of YouTube theory videos. One I saw recently was by Warstu, War, War and he links it. His theory is that Loki isn't dead. He faked his death in Infinity War. Uh, seems way too far-fetched, I know, but as he is the god of mischief, and he has shapeshifted into other people in the past, Loki shapeshifted into Hulk... And it was him that Heimdall sent to Earth. And the reason Banner can't Hulk out is because it's actually Loki. 
I'm not doing it justice by paraphrase, paraphrasing Warshu's theory, but based on Loki's past and the way he talked in the first scene, the sun will shine on us again, brother. And the pitiful dagger attempt on Thanos, I do see a smidgen of merit in this theory. What do you think? One thing that is left to question is where is the real Banner slash Hulk? And whose neck did Thanos really crush? P.S. After hearing my Captain Marvel theory on your last feedback cast, I realized how much of a crackpot theory it was. Lol. <laughs> love, the guy, uh, love the cast, guys. Keep it up. And Matthew, I still can't find the reference in your album. Help a brother out. Trent. Oh, uh, well, uh, it's in next one on her list. And it's a S.H.I.E.L.D. reference that we have mentioned a hundred times on the podcast. There's also another Marvel reference in Heart on Fire. Thanks for listening to the album, though. It's awesome. I appreciate it. Uh, I hope everybody likes the album. I have an album, by the way. My name is Matthew Carroll, and it's called Left to Burn. It came out three months ago, and I still want everyone to hear it. So check it out. It's everywhere you get music. Woo! <laughs> everywhere where the finest music is sold. It's <laughs> right next door. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. Um, it's it's a good album. I've been having a lot of fun listening to it. Thanks for listening to it, man. It's for real. I, now, I mean, it's now that you mention it, though, I'm like, where in Heart on Fire was there another Marvel reference? There's another Marvel reference in Heart on Fire. So I kept expecting people maybe to think that was it, if 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 the reference. But it's in next one on her list. The 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 the, the MCU cast reference. Is the next one on her list, and it's a shield reference. Yeah, maybe I'll just say so, it next week if no one still gets it. You got <laughs> it. He, Jeff knows. Jeff got it. Oh, I nailed it! Like that's, first that's time why I, heard I thought it. people would get it because I was like, yeah. Because as soon as you heard the album, you were like, "Is that an MCU cast reference?" And I was like, "It is." No, that was uh, that was when you played it for me, like when you were still demoing it. Oh I yeah, was like, when I wasn't even that? I wasn't even done. The song wasn't even recorded yet. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I got it. I got it. Uh, let's see. Jamie Kellett. Kellett? There's two L's, two T's. I don't know. Kellett. Kelly. Yeah. Jamie Kelly. <laughs> We're going to go with a little flair. Uh, love the podcast. Only been listening for four or five episodes, but I'm hooked already. I'm a huge MCU fan. Infinity was amazing. I cannot express how much I enjoyed it. Red Skull was the bit that did it for me. Wow. The reason I'm emailing is all the predictions you've been discussing. Here's my two cents as you'd say that side of the pond. This must be a foreigner. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, you're going to get us in trouble again. Uh, yeah, sorry. I don't <laughs> hate foreigners, contrary to what you may have just heard. <laughs> uh, let's see. He says it's going to be called Avenge Us. It has to be. That's what Avengers do. Avenge stuff. Ooh. Remember what Tony said to Loki in Avengers 1. Because if we can't protect the Earth, you can be damn sure we'll avenge it. This is the exact same thing, but on a universe-sized scale. Finally, Kevin Feige said the title of Avengers 4 wouldn't be released as it may be a spoiler. And there you go. Because half of everyone is dead, and they need avenging. Mm. I like that, but Avengers Avenge Us is not a great sounding title. So is it just called Avenge Us? Like, with no... Well, see, for them, on that side of the pond, it sounds roughly the same. It's Avenge Us. That's true. I gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, well, don't hate foreigners. Well, I don't. It could be Avengers colon Avengers. 
Avengers, <sighs> it's Avenging time. God, we are so done. <laughs> Alex Asumi's thought the Revengers, that's a good one. No, oh, the Revengers is not bad. Yeah. I mean Thor thought it up in, in you know, Ragnarok so he could be like, Guys, yeah. guys, we need a new team name. Oh yeah. Um. What else is? Let's get through Jamie Calais, uh feedback because I, I do want I do want to do that super special spoiler section where we talk about theories based on uh, set photos that I shouldn't have looked at. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, let's see. Another bullet point: there, there is going to be no one for one sacrifices to get people back, but there will be sacrifices. More on that later. Don't forget, half the universe is dead at the moment, and if Avengers 4 ends like that, they've lost, and they won't lose. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I think everyone is trapped in the Soul Stone, and I think getting them out is going to involve Ant-Man shrinking down to the Quantum Realm, going in and breaking people out from the inside, releasing everybody contained inside. Yeah. Uh, he says, how do they get the Soul Stone, though? Once they've beaten Thanos with the help from Captain Marvel, this is where they're going to have to make a sacrifice. Cap is going to take one for the team. He's going to hand his shield to Bucky, say his goodbyes, and sacrifice himself, giving the Winter Soldier, because they're BFF for life, the Soul Stone, and potentially a new role as Captain America. Cap will never be defeated, and this would be a good send-off for him, making the sacrifice play he mentioned in Avengers 1. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been thinking about that line, the sacrifice play line from Avengers One, and yeah. then his attitude in Avengers Four, in Avengers Three, that we don't trade lives. And I just can't square those two things. And I feel like maybe they didn't think it through. Like the way Cap has has he just changed that much? Because he's always been the guy who wants to make the sacrifice play. Like, from the very beginning, jumping on the grenade. And it kind of makes me feel like they sort of did a disservice to his character to have this whole we don't trade lives thing. And I realize there's a slight difference in trading other people's lives and sacrificing your own. But, like, when Vision wants to sacrifice his own, they won't allow it. Um, Well, they address that specifically in the movie that, you know, when Cap was called on to sacrifice himself, like he had no other choice and they felt like they had other choices in, in infinity war. Right. And, you know, it was a different time. You know, the war does crazy things to people. Sure. And and, and (laughs) it is true that like you think you, it's just hubris though. And it's just pride to think you have another choice. Like all of these times where they think they have other choices in this movie, it's just pride. It's like, we're the Avengers. We'll figure it out. (laughs) Yeah. And and, and uh, mm. well, Susumi writes, and this is this is a good point. Uh, it was Marcus and McFeely, uh, Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely were the writers on Captain America: The, uh, the First Avenger. Yep, and they were the writers on an Avengers Three. So I don't think it was a throwaway kind of thing. I think that was that was there for a reason. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It just seems like a change in his ethos a little bit so maybe maybe he's just growing man people grow people change maybe uh let's see another bullet point i think pepper was taken out in the snapping uh it's called the snapture by the way 
Uh, that's Stark's main motivation to fix things, apart from half the universe being dead. <laughs> but I think he will die destroying the remaining stones or beating Thanos. Mm. Hmm. I don't think that's accurate, mostly because um, his he's already got enough motivation with Peter falling to dust in his arms. Right. I don't. Like, I don't think it would be a problem if she's gone. I, I don't think she's necessarily gone because because like you said, I think his greatest fear was which was shown in Avengers: Age of Ultron was all the all the heroes dead at his feet, and now he's kind of had to realize that in reality, and now he's going to have to try to undo that. And I think yeah, but like none of the heroes that were in his vision are dead. That's true. That is true. <laughs> um, but so he's completely safe. He's like, whoo, whoo, dodged a bullet on that it's one. Still the same. I mean, it even looks similar. The 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 planet he's on and everything. Like it's just this yeah. like devastated landscape of fallen heroes, and he had to face that like reality. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another bullet point when breaking the soul stone that's going to release the bad guy galactus maybe for avengers 5 slash 6 etc that's been stuck in there for millions of years Mm. it's not a bad idea that's a good call not a bad idea if you break the soul stone release all the souls inside what if there are souls that you didn't want to release or what if uh the entire fox universe has been going on inside the soul stone all this time (laughs) oh god <laughs> no, it's just been a no, s- and that explains why there's weird time issues. It's just all of the Soulstone universe it has its own rules. It's just completely crazy over there, man. Dang Soulstone universe! Final bullet point: I can't explain the rumored time travel stuff yet. Uh, and Jamie continues saying, that's my predictions anyway. I'll be surprised if I get one right. Keep up the great work, guys. Jamie in Leeds in the UK. By the way, I think they missed a great opportunity in Infinity War when everyone is dying to have start carrying an injured Spidey, as Cap does in the Civil War comic. I know it's not directly related, but we would have all understood that reference of Spidey getting injured in the middle of a battle he probably shouldn't have been in. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Yep. Was it Cap though that carried him? I thought it was Punisher remember. that carried him to Cap. Oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. The, I honestly don't. I wouldn't have gotten the reference. I uh, just know that I would have immediately seen it on YouTube the next day. Because <laughs> you would have been like, "Go give me some theories." Yeah, <laughs> I would have been like, "What did I, all the references you missed in Infinity War?" So I wanted to talk a little bit about the set photos we're seeing. Okay, um, so, so we're, like we're going to go into a spoiler, spoiler section for the future that is beyond regular spoiler section. What? Spoiler for the future? Question mark. Yeah, this this is a maybe spoiler. Who knows? Sometimes those those uh, set photos aren't even real. All this stuff. Um, but but we'll we'll see. Um, but before we do that, we are the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Hit us up at mcucast.com, at mcucast on Twitter, facebook.com slash mcucast, mcucast at gmail.com, or uh, call and leave us a voicemail at 573-CAST-MCU. We're now live streaming the show at twitch.tv slash mcucast, so check that out. Um, And this is a big deal. If you want to support us, this is the last week to get a, uh, a piece of swag from us. So check out... Um, uh, for, for, it's not the last week forever, but it's the last chance to get this particular piece of swag, and it's the beginning of a six-piece series in pieces of swag. So uh, check it out. 
uh, patreon.com slash mcucast. If you can give, please give. Yeah. We've got a bunch of new um, uh, subscribers on the Patreon the last couple weeks. We've got Dapo, Will, Todd, and Eric on the last couple weeks um, since we've been announcing this stuff. And uh, appreciate all of you guys. Uh, your contrib- contributions to the cast really help us make it and keep consistent. And we just appreciate you so much. Um, so if you uh, if you want to join them, uh, there's a bunch of people over there that have been giving. Uh, you know, if you enjoy the show and you think it's worth something to you, uh, give give us a little bit in return, and it helps us to continue to make it. So thank you very much for all that you guys who do that, and all you guys who are about to. And I'm really excited to send out a couple pieces of swag to you guys because it's just kind of a cool thing. I really love. Um, I love. It's neat. It's a neat idea. It's just neat to have like something that we're creating just for our our friends and fans that have listened to the show, and it's going to be just like a personalized MCU cast item. It's really cool to do. So uh, yeah, you guys check it out. Patreon.com slash MCU cast. Um, all right, guys, uh, let's go into super spoiler secret edition uh, and talk about Avengers: Infinity War set photos or Avengers Four set photos. Have you seen these, Jeff? Have you seen some of these set photos? Uh, the ones where they're in kind of the Battle of New York and Cap's in his old uniform. Yeah, and, and they've got some sort Tony's of... Tony's in a jumpsuit that has a S.H.I.E.L.D. logo on it. And they got some sort of weird thing on their hand that looks kind of like it could be a time device. Yeah. Similar to what Deadpool was using in the post-credits and <laughs> what uh, uh, Cable had on when yeah. he was traveling through time. Exactly. So it looks like we're going to get time travel. Like, I, it's looking pretty solid that we're going to get time travel. Yeah. Well, in those set photos, you see Ant-Man in the Battle of New York setting. So, yeah. like, and he exactly. was not there. He was not even Ant-Man yet. Yeah. So I really think it's possible uh, that we'll get this time travel. What interests me more is what Tony looks like. Tony looks old. Yeah, he does. So what if we come back to Avengers 4 to a obsessed Tony Stark who has been obsessing over building some sort of device to go back and stop everything, right? Kind of like Guy Pierce in uh, The Time Machine? I've, I've never seen it. Get um, the fuck out! What? <laughs> I've never seen it, unfortunately. Oh my god, it's um, so good! Yeah, I should check it out. But, like, maybe he's obsessed over building this thing to go back and fix what what happened. And maybe it's, like, been 10 years or 15 years. Like, what if it's been a while and you you kind of get to see what the Marvel Cinematic Universe looks like 15 years from now after they've done a ton of things to try to make this happen, you know? And they've been, like... We're, like the 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 world has been decimated from loss of population, um, or or maybe it's booming, maybe it's successful, maybe everyone's telling Tony to leave it alone, like not because they want it, maybe they just think he can't, he it's it's done, he can't change it, you know, and he's and he's just like the only one that's like I have to change it, I have to change it, and he he invents time travel, like, <laughs> or or him with the combination of Shuri and Hank Pym. And uh, Banner and Banner, like all of them together, create time travel. Maybe they're just this obsessed group of time travel bros and sisses who, uh, <laughs> who like 
you know, force Time it to happen. Fam. I just love, I love that idea. I love the idea of showing up 15 years in the future and like what that could mean. Like what is the Avengers in this what if timeline that exists only after the snapture? Like what kind of, what do the Avengers look like? Could we get a Miles Morales Spider-Man, a young Miles Morales Spider-Man in like, you know, in the, in, in, in fighting alongside an older Older, like, Tom Holland Iron Man? Like, <laughs> what could be happening 15, 10 or 15 years in the future? And how cool would that be to get, like, a what if... What if Cap and Tony survived and they go on to do other things and then we get them time-traveling back and sacrificing themselves? Well, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow would confirm your time skip theory oh really what'd she say she said in an interview that you know the 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 time setting for avengers 4 is in the future um she and tony pepper and tony are married and they have a kid and um you know it's in this world like way after thanos and i don't know that she necessarily said that tony's like obsessing over it but you know how tony is so obviously he's obsessing over it yeah no i think tony's been obsessing over it for years i don't know just just my idea but i I think it could be really cool um it it reminds me of like how crazy eyes he got when he was talking about building ultron yeah and he's like what if we could save the world isn't that the end game? Isn't that the point of all of this? And like, what if he's convincing Banner to sit in a basement with him and invent time travel? Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. love it. I love that idea so much. Um, anyway, I just like the idea of it skipping forward in the future. Like, that's the thing that intrigues me. I've, I've heard about the, the Battle of New York stuff, but I had not heard that Tony looked older. And I think that's, that's interesting. Yeah. He, he looks. I don't know. It's like they gave him a little bit of a blonde to try to give him some gray. Yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, you know, some people go blonde a little bit when they go gray or he might just have colored his hair. Cause he's you totally see Tony start calling his hair. <laughs> totally. He's totally that dude. That douche. <laughs> he's a bit of a douchebag. Douche he's a bit of a douche. Um, all right guys. I think that is all for the podcast tonight. I think that's going to be it. I hope you guys watching on the stream enjoyed it. Um, I know this is a, it's a little weird because we're definitely focused on putting out a cast for our listeners who we have you know thousands of people downloading every week. And we appreciate you guys so much. But we're trying to do this new thing with the live stream, and so it's a weird balance. And I uh, hope it's not annoying either either group. <laughs> like I'm always worried I'm annoying one group or the other. Um, but we appreciate you guys so much. Again, hit us up at mcucast.com. It's got all of our information or patreon.com slash mcucast if you want to support the show. We'll be back with you very soon um, next week, most likely, with some sort of cast. Have we done something? We don't even know yet, do we? Uh, uh, no. No new no. content yet, so we'll probably have some more Infinity War to talk about. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Let's face it. We'll uh we'll talk about Legion. We got we got a little um, bit of Deadpool to talk about. <laughs> we got a few Deadpool uh feedback things to talk about, so we might do that next week. Um and maybe a Luke Cage trailer, something like that. Be fun. Yeah. Alright guys. Well we are the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. We'll see you next week. Until next time, true believers. Uh-huh.